Hello, uh, my name is Mark Lynn. Uh, I'm here with my partner Jordan Thomas, United Boxing Club here in uh, Toronto, Ontario. Uh, today, we are fortunate to have the lead from Kingsway Boxing, but is the quintessential person, not just female, but person in boxing in Ontario. Round of applause, Jen. Jen Huggins. <laughs> Jen Huggins. Let's give it up. here, Jen. <laughs> so, I, we, Jordan and I, we couldn't do a podcast without thinking, without first coming to mind Jennifer. You know, uh, in my mind, she is the person for not just Toronto, Ontario boxing, but for boxing in general. She's everything that I envision boxing should be. Strong, intelligent, has her own club, fearlessness of diversity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Jen, how are you doing today? I'm good. Honestly, I feel I feel like I belong. I've honestly, like when I first got into boxing, I felt the opposite of what you just explained that I was too buff to you to boxing. So thank you for that. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, the you know the pedigree does not lie. So you know, I started looking through a lot of the things that you've done, and I really, honestly, had difficulty where to start. <laughs> you know, uh, I think. Let's just sort of go with the idea. Um, you were a a, a figure skater yeah, on, yeah. The, on a national level. Yeah, competitive figure skater. That uh, makes a whole bunch of sense that I switched into boxing. But from the first, I would say, part of my life that I was able to do anything. So from five, five years old and up, I started uh, figure skating. And I became competitive in that and then ended up completely busting up my neck and switching to boxing. So, <laughs> but, but figure skating defined who I was from age five through 14. Wow. So from age five to 14, you were... Now, how did you get into figure skating? Let's start that. Uh, unfortunately, the way that I got into a lot of things when I was younger, I was a very competitive person and I had a brother. I have an, I have an older brother and he was in skating just so that he couldn't... I think my parents, as they explained it, they didn't want him to look uh, silly in front of the class when he was on the ice because that used to be part of our... I don't know if that's how it was in the States for you or wherever you've lived, well, but, <laughs> but that's that's a part of our like um, educational regime here. You got to learn how to skate because we're you know hockey and all here in Canada. So I ended up in, uh, in skating because of him because I wanted to be better than him at everything. So that was really the kind of motivating goal for me. <laughs> got it. So I feel like this is like a real Canadian story. You know, <laughs> growing up growing up in New York City, uh, we stayed away from cold weather sports. So um, uh, I, I feel like this is a true Canadian, true to form story right now. Uh, so, you know, now we see people like Lomachenko who have done Ukrainian traditional dance, people sort of transporting over from these great footwork sports. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I see the figure skating aspect. Has it helped you? Yeah, I would say it's really, it's one of those things that I used to try to hide a lot. When I when I first got into boxing, I was like, oh my God, I've, I was, I'm not a figure skater. I'm not a dancer. And like, nobody nobody needs to know that because it took all my credibility away, <laughs> I thought in my mind. Uh, it's become cool now. Like even um, completely separate, I'm in magic. I'm, I'm still a dancer. And I used to hide all of that. Oh, but... we're getting to the magic. We're getting to the magic. <laughs> well, well, if you look at Loma, I'm just thinking magic because you see Loma's doing like, he's walking around doing handstands. He's juggling his like, he's, he's doing things that... I used to hide, but that is who I am to a core. And I think that it, even though I didn't realize it at the time, it definitely helped me in my boxing. It helped me in life. And it's definitely given me the base that I need to become who I am today and, and apply it to the sports and even business that I'm doing. Well, you know, I, I sort of view that as a few hurdles, you know, figure skating, being a woman, 
sort of hiding your identity in order to be in order to feel like you belong somewhere else. I think that's not just with uh, you being a woman, but also with the idea of all people. You know, we come into my feeling is is that it wasn't my experience, but from what I understand, people fall into boxing gyms with the idea of I want to become more of this and that x can be anything mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. can be x from it could be from confidence it can be from you know from sort of just learning a new skill etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think figure skating comes into that figure skating and transitioning into boxing it it's a natural progression of skill i say so <laughs> that's the first time anyone's ever actually agreed with me on that but it totally is a natural progression and it all falls under the same kind of umbrella as defining yourself not necessarily defining letting the sport define you but finding a way to define yourself within that sport especially something like boxing where you know it's not that preconceived idea that it's gonna be this male big male boxer heavyweight you know champion i don't conform to that that look at all i mean you guys are here looking at me now i heard that you guys are videotaping this too (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah i think that that just learning to define yourself and i think that that was definitely something that uh in skating i was actually defined i was the perfect figure skater i was the female skinny you know i looked the part i was the part and to take myself out of that comfort zone find myself in boxing i think that's everyone's story who's a boxer now now moving on how did magic fall into this (laughs) is that is that i don't know if that's the next step in this if it just went from figure skating to boxing or it went from figure skating to magic and then to boxing? You know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the order. I almost have to like look at my own timeline, my own bio. But realistically, I was a figure skater. I was a dancer. That was my base. And there was a point, a five-year point, where I didn't know what, what I was doing and I didn't know who I was. So the one thing that I did know is that I love performing. I love being... Mm. I love being there to make people happy and you know that's definitely something that people look at as a negative like you know don't be a people pleaser well i am 100 percent want to make sure the people that i care about i'm pleasing so when it came down to it i actually stepped uh when i was 18 years old i stepped into working for a magician and that came from because i was a figure skater i had all of the skills as a dancer and i actually still to this day work with him i haven't been working since covid but i work with him and i dance and i skate on uh, on stage so i've traveled the world with it it's awesome it is a completely, I guess, 180 from what I am when you see me here. I am just the assistant. I'm the magician's assistant, so I'm not necessarily anything important. But at the same time, we make everything happen. When I'm backstage or I'm on stage, nobody knows I'm there, and I just appear. I'm <laughs> that's a, it's a pretty, it's pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome gig, and I will never let it go. I've had a lot of people tell me that that is something that. I shouldn't be doing anymore considering you know i'm considered professional i'm like what is that what is professional i'm a professional dancer who works with a magician and it's it's awesome like i I don't think that that has to define me either it's just part of who i am what jordan what's the common topic with what these kids are running around with today sorry fellas i'm old uh but (laughs) what what the kids are sort of saying today you can get all the smoke is that is that is that what they're saying is it in boxing yeah exactly well i I feel like jen i feel like jen i feel like jen has all all the smoke categories covered. <laughs> you want to dance off? I got you. You want to skate p- off? What? Let's <laughs> box off. Let, we, we, got, box? we got this. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it to the club. We'll, I'll show you how. It's done. <laughs> exactly. I feel like Jen has it, and I'm a woman. Oh my god. Oh, damn. I, I was telling Jen earlier today. I automatically once after reading her bio and finding out about her. I immediately called every ex-girl I've ever dated and was just like, this is why it didn't work. 
<laughs> it wasn't on me. What, what are you saying, Mark, right now? What are you, what sorry, are you saying? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I knew I flew off this a little bit of a tangent. This could work. Don't worry. This could I, work. I flew off on a little bit of a tangent, but I had to sort of upgrade my bar of, expect, of, of, of me being expecting my partner now. I'm like, you know how to skate? Make me disappear. <laughs> anyway, back to, back to the topic. Back to the topic. <laughs> I was going to go off topic. <laughs> back to the topic. So boxing. Let's, let's move from the magic uh, into boxing. Because boxing, I feel like it even goes deeper. You know, you went from, did you compete as a boxer as well? Yeah, for a short stint, competing as boxing was what I thought I wanted to be. Um, so I started off in amateur boxing, okay. just like, well, I would say just like everyone else, except for, who is that, Logan Paul Logan Paul or something? Oh, yeah, we're going to get there. Straight into pro boxing? We're going to get to the Paul boys. But yeah, long story short, started off in amateur boxing. Um, couldn't really find the support that I needed uh, because I was a female. I, was, I didn't realize it was such a big deal, but it was. I uh, got some fights in and then I decided I was going to start my own gym so I could go pro. In my mind, that's what I thought the natural progression was. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, unless you're Logan Paul, you just, or Paul, I don't even know the guy's it's name. Logan. Is that bad? Lo- whatever. It's Logan Paul. Oh, whatever. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. So the idea of going pro in my mind was the direction that I had to go to make my mark on the sport. Because, I, again, I was hiding everything that I was outside of boxing. You know, I was this dancer, skater, and, you know, an artist. And I thought that that was a negative. So I wanted to try to find a, a way to define myself within the sport. And I thought pro was the way to go. And I opened a gym. So I had a spot to train. And then have the rest is history. You know, Jen, the, from my knowledge, um, uh, every boxer that I've ever met, we don't open gyms to go pro. <laughs> but, but I guess that's just the way you do it. No, no, man. No, that's no, do no. not open a gym. If you want to go pro boxing, do not open a gym. What happens is it becomes about everybody else, not yourself. And I think you, you probably know that, I Jordan. Feel, yeah, yeah, I feel you. And yeah. I think we've been yeah sharing the same path. It's something very similar. Is this, is this a Canada thing, too. Jordan? Yeah, it might be a Canada thing. I don't know. I, th- I think it, it might be an entrepreneur, we, we, we an entrepreneurial thing. Like yeah, an entrepreneur is yeah. like, we think that we can kind of find and carve out our own path. And by opening a gym, in my mind, that meant that I was going to go pro. And again, I don't know, you know, you've give even to be a bit of a background Jordan on why yeah. you started United but I think that very quickly I realized even though I didn't you know connect the dots that it wasn't about me anymore the minute I opened a gym it was completely about the sport and the people that I brought to it and giving my life to that sport so that's kind of how it that's that's what changed that was kind of the catalyst to what I've become now but I didn't know that the, the intention was go pro and you know go you know have hundreds of fights pro I don't I, I don't know what I it wasn't even for the money even going pro wasn't for the money it was so that okay. I could actually sustain my life in the sport in a way that gave me I guess um, I don't know what the word is I, I really wanted to have a I wanted to feel like I belonged mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I belonged when I first got involved with especially with amateur boxing mm-hmm. got it so after you go, you, you went there, you opened the gym, you realized that, hey, listen, I, I love boxing, but I don't want to go pro. So oh, I still want to go pro. <laughs> go pro. Okay, got it. Got it. So we still want to go pro. No, no, I'm joking. I don't want to go pro anymore. No, I, I did for a long time want to at least get back into the ring and do some amateur because I also felt like my credibility was shot just for the fact that I wasn't competing anymore, which led me into getting into the ring as a referee and judge. So that Got was it. that was That's progression we there. Yeah. That's where we were going. So I'll I'll, t- I'll I'll say this before we sort of go off this. My coach used to tell me, Mark, boxing is an ugly guy sport. 
I, I don't know if you, did you, I've, did I've you been hear told. That? I've been told a lot that I'm too pretty for boxing, and okay. I'm like, damn. I've been told like, the same that's, thing. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we've got we got the same kind of uh, obstacles we got to pass, you know. And I think that I didn't realize it at the time. I mean, I thought, oh wow, this is the first time I'm getting complex because I'm coming from a sport and dancing where I'm surrounded by like beauty, like Russian beauty queens and what? boxing and dancing. Okay. That was what I was surrounded by. So I didn't stand out as being exceptionally, you know, pretty or even like feminine as a, you know, to the people who were judging me. So when I got into boxing, people telling me I'm too pretty for the sport, and I'm like, oh, thank you. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't, it went right over my head. I was like, oh, that's cool. That, that's really cool. I'm like, oh, th yeah. thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my reaction. They said, they said, Mark, you're too pretty for boxing. I was, just like, I was just like, what? Swim without getting wet. That's what I was told. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So, okay, so you, so you went on <laughs> too pretty, from too pretty to boxing, from too pretty for boxing to becoming... Uh, the first female judge referee in North America. So not the very first female referee okay, judge, but uh, so first three stars. So three star is in IABA's term. So IABA's uh, International Boxing Association, the level that you can go to the Olympics. So that was, you know, it's one star, two star, three star. And I didn't realize how big of a deal it was either. Again, I've had my head down moving as hard as I can, fast as I can through the ranks to make sure that I, you know, earned my spot where I am and somehow ended up at the top. And now, thankfully, there are some other women in North America who are considered at the same level. But I guess, uh, as pointed out to me by a few different um, venues, that I, I basically trailblazed the way through that one, not realizing it. I, it, it's great to trailblaze, trailblaze when you don't realize it. Yeah, right? I think that's the only way. If you're try, if your goal is to try to like Correct. make your mark or you know be stand out as the one and only or stand out as the you know the girl who's you know made it past all these barriers, then you get distracted with those barriers. And I don't think that I saw those barriers. I think that they were definitely thrown in my face a few times, and I was like, and like, you have to like bash me over the head with it to like actually give me any kind of like realization. Oh, this is a problem. It, it really can't be your goal to be a trailblazer, to be jet setting, to be doing the things that, you know, for the wrong reasons. I think you have to do it because you're passionately, you know, involved with us, like in my case, in boxing and passionately involved with boxing. I care about bringing people to that domain. Got it. And, and currently with, you know, with Kingsway, your gym, uh, I know from my from my own experience and being there, you've have a child fo you have a ch you have a few child focused programs oh yeah absolutely and you know I, I see the development even in the short time that i was there with nice. the kids right and i see the love of that um uh, getting into the next phase of things i i saw your sort of uh your inroads with fight cancer yeah fight to end cancer exactly fight to end cancer yeah uh tell me a little bit about that how did you get into picking up the baton for sort of that for cancer with boxing etc because what i really want to get to is the idea is that it, it, it's important that i i'll tell you from my own experience where i become fragmented with an idea and then i develop that for as far as i can mm -hmm. go but i don't i don't, I don't sort of put them together in some sort of homogeny mm -hmm. some sort of great dance and i feel like you've done that very well yeah, you know, it wasn't wasn't really on purpose. I think uh, just like the boxing gym, wanted to go pro and then just deciding that, you know, this, I have a boxing gym now. Same thing for the fight tan cancer. So cancer is definitely something that touches us all. I think that anyone who's listening to this, anyone, you know, who has been alive for a certain number of years is going to know somebody who's been affected by cancer. So that was definitely a theme that I knew I wanted to fight for. But the boxing end of things, again, it all came back down to how do I bring people, how do I draw people to the sport that I know has so much to offer? 
that was one thing. But the actual underlying reason why, you know, I propelled and made fight tan cancer what it is was because I felt guilty that my boxing gym was doing well. So I knew I needed to do something to invest back into the community that was going to be so much greater than myself. There is no way that I could keep on taking from the community. You know, we we're the business is doing OK. And in my sense, I was paying the bills, I was paying rent, I was paying my trainers, I was paying myself. And, and in that moment, five years after I opened Kingsway Boxing, I was like, I need to do more. And that was what basically was the theme of what I developed with Fight to End Cancer. And then, of course, I took the things that were most important to me, the boxing gym, and not just the boxing gym, but the boxing, the aspect of what boxing represented, and the community, and fighting for something that was going to affect all of us, which was cancer. God, that, that, I mean, that sounds absolutely amazing. And to me, it sounds like the natural progression of who you are. Yeah, yeah, I think that right? that was. And again, looking back, I can kind of see why and how. But when I was going, I was just running full speed ahead, trying to make sure that I was Got doing it. something. <laughs> I mean, they, they say if it, it, you know, your natural, your first inclination is usually the correct one, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, that and, really is it. I don't hesitate. I just run with it. Like, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you guys. I don't question, hey, you know, yes, I have good values. I have great ethics. And that's how I guide myself. The rest of it will fall into place. Mm. So, you know, I, I look at boxing as sort of a two-phase idea, as the, you know, the general, I do workouts and I do fighting. Uh, I see you as sort of the traditional route as I, 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 I do fight, mm -hmm. you know, I do fighting. So how do you feel about these sort of workout gyms like the, you know, the rumbles? Mm -hmm. You know, versus. Oh, you're so American, eh? Rumbles aren't here yet, I don't think. <laughs> well, well, shout out to Eugene Rem, my brother. Thank you. Sorry, Rem. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but you know, Rumble is very much. I don't know if uh, if you guys have. Yeah, sort we've of... got we've got like Big Hit uh, Studio KO. Okay. Um, we've got a few. I don't know if they're around still right now. I know nine yeah. rounds still around. Okay, so how do you how 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 do you feel coming from the traditional background versus seeing these workout type gyms? Um, uh, and even though very different business models, mm -hmm. but still in the same vein of the sport that you've learned to that you've learned to love, the way you've loved it. You know, ask me this: 15 years ago, when I started Kingsway Boxing, I would have said, "Oh man, those things aren't real. Like those those gyms aren't real. They they don't know what they're doing." And, and that you know doesn't represent what boxing is. And that was 15 years ago when I started my gym. Again, it was by accident, and it was with the intention of being a fight gym and bringing the fighters that I was already training into that gym for the purpose of you know propelling what boxing should be, which in my mind was fighting. Fast forward from there two months when I had to pay rent, and I realized that oh well you know what fighting doesn't pay the bills. And you have to find a way of, you know, I think you use the word amalgamation. You have to find a way to bring those two things, those two worlds together. And in some cases, the fight world is very separate and not business related at all. There's nothing to do with, you know, the fight business, even especially at my gym now that we have Kingsway Boxing, we have two locations and the, I would say maybe 5% of it, not even, oh my gosh, probably 2% is the fight game. The rest of it is exactly what these guys have down to, a, to an art, honestly. You know, Nine Round, uh, again, when I saw Big Hit, I know Nine Round has actually joined on to Boxing Ontario now. 
to me, they've got something down pat. They've got it right. And I, they figured it out way before I did. So I, I really think that it's good for our sport. It opens it up. That's my goal, right? You know, some people would ask me, what's the point of having charity fights where you take people who don't belong in the ring and make them into fighters? Because some of them don't necessarily do it the same way. A lot of, you know, charity bouts out there will just throw guys into the ring. And I think we saw that with the, again, I don't know if it was Logan Paul or whoever it was that he uh, was fighting the other day against uh, on the undercard of Roy oh, Jung. His, uh, his brother. His brother. Yeah, I his, don't even know his, his name. His, his brother. And I'm forgetting. Sorry, Logan. Something I'm Paul. Forgetting, oh, sorry. No, don't be sorry to yeah, Logan. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting <laughs> your, your younger brother's name. Nate. Nate. No, no, no. no. Nate Robinson. No, Nate Robinson was, was, the, was, Nate Robinson the, was the guy. He was the basketball player. He got put in airplane mode, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The memes, though, that came out of that. So, you know, at the end of the day, all of, like, just to close that question up. The nine rounds, the you know rumbles, those things have something really. They're not me. I I know I have a component of it at my gym, and I will always be an advocate for it because I think it's a great thing, and it opens up boxing to the people who you know maybe wouldn't have even tried it. Awesome. Um, the rest of it, the Nate Robinson and Logan Paul. I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so I'll tell you my sort of experience with this. So I've had a, a conversation with um uh, with. Freddie Roach, Marie from Wildcard, you know, very close friends. I consider them family. And what Freddie has done is his pro fighting, he moved to another location downstairs. Mm -hmm. And even though he's known as a fight gym, he's very much known as a united type gym awesome. where everyone sort of comes in and trains in the upstairs facility, but he trains his fighters downstairs. So his answer to the idea of the rumbles, the nine rounds, the big hits is that's his version of it to me it's all a fight gym because even the guys upstairs know how to go mm -hmm. you know but the guys downstairs are the prize guys so i sort of see that working for his dynamic mm -hmm. but that doesn't work in everyone's dynamic right no you got to find what works for you so, that's what boxing is boxing you define it and you allow it to define kind of the the journey you take with it so i think that it can be for anybody and freddie i love that he's got that going oh, yeah. And in the same sense, I think that's kind of what we've done. We've got the boxing gym location where I've got all my fighters and the people who want to actually call themselves boxers. Then we had a fitness studio that has boxing if you want to do it and otherwise has yoga and programs that people would never go near boxing. But they can call themselves part of the Kingsway Boxing. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's boxing yeah. for everyone, <laughs> even if you just want to wear it on your back. <laughs> you know, I... I you know, I personally, I'll, I'll tell you this because I come from the same lens of boxing as you, you know, where boxing, you move on into fighting. But, you know, now with the current landscape and now being with Jordan, you sort of see you're like, shit, we got to pay the bills, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And so there is a level of dilution and a level of sort of looking through another lens of things. I think I, I don't look at it as something negative i look i just look at it as progression mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. I, you don't if you don't have fighting like here in canada right now at this very moment there's no fights happening in canada mm. uh hopefully we'll get back there soon in ontario and other provinces but we don't have that so if you can't find yourself and find your way you know outside of the fight game here right now then you're irrelevant to the actual mm. sport to the community to everything so you got to find your way and it, it's going to be different for everybody and some people still define themselves as fighters which i am very happy for because we need that to be there as soon as we say you know go again and as soon as the bell rings again but you can't say that you know you can only have to be a fighter you only have fights and your only goal is fighting when you know at this time right now we don't have that yeah i i look at people like uh like eddie hearn and uh jake and logan paul uh, 
Jake is his younger brother, by the way. You just remembered him. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Jake is his younger brother. Um, uh, you know, I, I look at these guys as, you know, I never viewed them as, well, I'll tell you this, honestly. I viewed them as a detriment until I trained with them mm-hmm. in Los Angeles one day. And, and I was just sort of, and I was like, okay, listen, these guys are entitled to put in the work mm-hmm. to, it's not their fault that they garner attention and money because of what they've built previously. If I can, I, I don't I mean, know. I, How do you feel? So what I feel is that I give res- mad respect to any anyone who steps in the ring and, you know, steps into any kind of combative fight. I believe that these guys are awesome for doing that. What I don't want to see is I don't want to see, you know, this is the only sport. I think combat sports or boxing is the only sport we can go from nothing, having zero amateur career and saying, I'm going to go pro. And I think there's a big problem there because I'm not necessarily worried about how they're going to make themselves look, how the, how the fight's going to go, any of that stuff. But I worry about the parent that I tell boxing is safe to. I tell them, you know, you know, definitely watch, you know, yes, there's a difference with pro and amateur and I can explain that difference very clearly and that'll take another, you know, (laughs) five minutes. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Yeah, But I think that we have to still protect our sport the same way as any other sport would protect themselves. You don't say I'm going to be a professional snowboarder and go up the freaking, you know, um, what is it? Half pipe. I love snowboarding, but I don't really do it much, but go up the half pipe and start going like crazy and calling yourself a pro snowboarder before you've actually built the base as an amateur. And to me, to just be able to do that and uh, for, you know, the promoter, the promoters to be actually allowing this kind of thing to happen, it's dangerous and it is dangerous for our sport. It's dangerous for the participants actually competing. And that's not just coming from the angle as a referee who has to, you know, protect the boxers at all times. It comes from a concerned business owner who is trying to make sure that we have a re- respectable sport that we are building together, united. Well, what would you say about, well, these these guys may have just started late and being that you know in order to go through the amateur ranks and become a pro they're, they're... <laughs> hold, hold on i'm just gonna go to the nba i'm just gonna join the nba today I, I mean if i start late in basketball i don't get to just jump into the nba you got to earn your way there right mm-hmm. so you know i'm not i'm not trying to knock anything you're saying no, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of good arguments that i've heard i've heard them all, like i don't want to say i've heard them all but i've heard a lot of the arguments and at the end of the day, yes, there's some pros, like, you know, pros and cons. There's some pros to allowing people just jump into pro, you know, especially when it comes down to having tomato cans being beaten up just for the sake of building your career. Sure, I get it. I understand why they're doing that. But is it safe? Is it smart? Do you know how many people have been put into, you know, either emergency or died as a result of being tomato cans in the ring? So, no, I, I don't I don't agree with – I don't care if you started, uh, started late – you're not going to go join the NBA. It, it's laughable, right? You're not going to, you know, jump in the major leagues of baseball. You're not going to join any of those. Just join. You couldn't just say, I'm going to be a pro uh, anything like that, right? Like, you can't just say that. There's a reason for that progression. You want the best at the top. And you want to make sure they're prepared for that level mm-hmm. when they get there. Well, can could you could, could, could one make the argument that the sport is actually benefiting from them? Because... It's utilizing what they've already built the same way I would imagine that, you know, boxing years ago were sort of utilizing inner city kids and sort of becoming more popular, et cetera, et cetera. They were using these kids in order to build a sport. Is there an argument? Or were the kids there? using using the sport to build themselves, to build well, the communities? Like I think you're I see I see where you're going with yeah, that yeah. one and I, I agree that 
bringing notoriety to the sport through, you know, these influencers, through some of the, you know, you know, people who maybe don't have anything to do with boxing, but are some extremely influential people, bring them to our sport. There's a correct way to do it. Get them to do amateur bouts. Don't get them into the ring where they're getting their intention is to knock them out. Like definitely bring them to the sport of amateur, which will then feed the sport of pro with the correct people. I like that. How about uh, exhibition bouts? Yeah, so I don't know how to define exhibition bouts when I see people get knocked out in exhibition bouts. From, like, I've seen Mayweather knock out some guy from, I forget who, what fight that was, but... Oh, the, J- the Japanese The Japanese fight. guy, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know what... And that guy had experience, quite a bit of experience, just not Mayweather-level experience. Exhibition bouts in amateur, love them. I think we need to bring more of those back. There was a time when I first got into... Well, actually, it was while I was still refereeing and judging at the local level. They took away the exhibition bouts from here in Ontario for the wrong reasons, I think. And sorry for anyone who's listening right now. I am bringing those back in whatever capacity I can here in Ontario at the very least. And I think we need to start doing that to allow people like the, you know, Logan Pauls, like the, you know, the people who, or like the, sorry, I should be actually saying Nate Robinson because Nate Robinson is the one who was put flat on his back. Airplane You know, let these guys, let these guys. What is sorry, it? Nate. Airplane mode. Sorry, Nate. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Nate. But, no, you know, I, am, I really am because who allows that kind of thing to happen? Have them compete in amateur uh, exhibition boats because that's what the purpose is. Get those exhibitions. That's what they do in every other country. They have lots of exhibition boats, hundreds of them. Go to, uh, go to Ireland and these kids have like 100 boats before they're 10 years old. Like, good for that. That's what I want to see. No. You know, you you mentioned you mentioned Floyd a little bit. You know, Floyd is supposed to be having this fight with uh, Logan, Logan Paul, out oh, February, Jordan. Yep, yep, coming up. Yes. Yeah, so what what are your feel? What's your feeling on that? You know, I I think I think I've already said it. Like I I don't know. Maybe it'll be like the one he did with uh, Conor McGregor. Conor, maybe yeah. it'll just be like a nicely set up, make the make the guy look okay. Uh, I don't think there's as much money involved, so I don't think I know Money Mayweather is motivated by, motivated by money. So when there's like money, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I I don't know how that one's gonna go. Am I really interested? I'll check it out on Instagram where it belongs, but I don't I don't really have much to say about it. I just knocking <laughs> 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 the influencers here. <laughs> Instagram live. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> hashtag boxing life. Yeah. Okay. Keep nice. it as a hashtag, but. Yeah, I, I'm having a really hard time with it only because of the safety aspect and the fact that it does ultimately hurt what boxing represents, which is, you know, it's supposed to be a safe sport. And my motto is I'd rather stop a thousand bout too, bouts too early than one bout too late. Mm. And it's going to eventually be that. And it's going to be on live television one day and it's going to suck. Oh, that's that referee talk, people. You hear that? <laughs> you hear that? That's that referee. Hashtag you can use ref that. life. You can use that. That's trademark, though. You can use that, though. We, we, uh, before we wrap up, um, we still have a little bit of time, but I want to go into a few questions about, you know, like in front of me, we have a printout of, I don't know, what, how many pages is that? Eight, eight uh, pages? More than I could count. I'm not that educated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know you got that. <laughs> they're, 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 and and that's, that's, just, that's just your biography and, and your accolades. So, um, you know, I am a three-star, like you said. Uh, you know, you, you've, you've traveled the world. You've got, you know, a lot of awards doing that. You have your own club and all that stuff. Um, so a lot of successes out there. And what I'm interested about and, and maybe letting the viewers uh, know uh, and listeners know about is I'm sure that there's a few... Uh, failures that that you've you've come across um, and we didn't uh, touch that Jen. and we didn't <laughs> touch that but i'm going deep i want to know i want to know um you know those failures and 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 potentially how they 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 brought you up to you know how they led you to to be able to be keep keep going after mm-hmm. all these successes because it's you know th- there's 
you know, that, there's a lot more. So from yeah. all from the pages, that I don't even know where you've like, I, I, I know <laughs> my bio doesn't have that many pages. So you guys must have printed it a few pages on my website. Um, That's right. Yeah. But, website, so I have to say, I have the memory of like a goldfish. Like I have to write everything down. That's mm. part of why I have a bio that long, because mm. if I didn't write it down and I didn't remind myself or let other people know, because I, a lot of the times I do talks like this where I actually have to let people know what my accomplishments are within the sport. Um, but I have actually forgotten a lot of the failures. But one thing I can tell you is that I had this moment where, and I'm sure we've all had that. Like you, you know, I think once you're in your 30s, you have these moments where it went from me trying to force people to believe in me and believe in the things that I was telling them to do or believe in the things that I told them I could do mm -hmm. to one day, it, it, like I woke up and someone told me this would happen. I woke up and people were like, wow, look what you've done. Rather than me trying to like, you know, put it in people's faces that I belong here. It yeah. all of a sudden was like, no, you belong here. But a lot of the failures, I mean, everything that's led me to, to hear skating. I failed miserably. I was on the on the road to the Olympics for skating at wow. 14 years old. I broke my neck. I, I fractured my C3 skating and ended up, you know, in recovery, thinking that my only life goal was to be, a, you know, Olympic figure skater. Yeah. You know, a year later, realizing, no, I'm going to go into boxing. Um, tried to, you know, get a some sort of career in boxing and failing at that, like, you know, my, my fights that I had were mediocre um there in montreal where i was allowed at the time to do uh fights i was really small so i was 100 pounds when i first got out of figure oh, wow. skating yeah, yeah that's hard as a woman really hard to find a fight impossible pounds. at 100 pounds finding a, a fight and i was i was young as well so being young trying to find a fight yeah. so three fights and i felt like a failure because i mean to me three fights is like you know getting on the ice and skating around a couple of times and having you know three I don't even know what you call them anymore in skating, but three competitions yeah. to me that, you, you know, you can't define your career by three anything. So mm -hmm. then I failed at that. And then I opened my gym and my goals there failed at that. Like, I, I mean, every step of the way I was fueled by failure and mm -hmm. every step of the way, again, I learned that. And my motto for fight to end cancer is defeat is not an option. And mm, like you know, that. you can fail, fail, fail along the way. And I'll continue failing. I, you know, you see the accolades on the paper cause I'm not writing on my failures, mm -hmm. but there's been so many failures to get every one of those accolades has uh, like hundred failures behind them. Wow. Okay. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, just right now, like that you have to write down mm -hmm. a lot of stuff yeah. and, and what are other skills that you have that are, are able to, to, to make you succeed in everything that you do? Writing like down is a big one. Yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, routines? Yeah. yeah, routines or skills or whatever that you have that you, you feel that are like so important that, that build you up to, to be able to do everything that you've done. I think uh, it's funny. You, you can't call yourself humble, um, but you've got to keep humility as a... I mean, you shouldn't if you're saying you're humble and it kind of defeats the purpose of what it, what it represents. But to remind yourself that at the end of the day, you're just a small key in the cog. and We all are. Mm. And to remain, to remember that you want to make a difference and it could be for yourself. Uh, in my case, I've really decided that everything that I do has to be for the impact of other people. Mm -hmm. And the success that maybe I might have is going to be the byproduct of that. Mm -hmm. So everything that I do, every, every step that I, I take and every goal that I have, whether it's working with you guys on a you know, future, future project, it can't be for me ultimately to get rich. It's got to be for me to enrich the community and to make sure that whatever it is that I leave behind, because I guess being surrounded by death and cancer, my, I would say my entire adult life well, you realize life is way too short yeah. and way too short to be investing only in yourself so the investment has to be for the purpose of something so much greater than yourself and hopefully you touch one you know one person's life great three four five my goal is to just make the impact positive impacts on at least one person along the way for every project that i do
Mm-hmm. And, and you you mentioned like selfless acts and things like that and I, just for everybody out there so that they understand uh that you know the reality of the underworld of boxing and and, and amateurs that uh the, everybody that's involved in amateur boxing um you know the, the the tirelessness uh that that you have to have uh the you know the, the drive that you have to have because a lot of it is is unfortunately like almost volunteer or if it's not all so, volunteer sacrifice yeah, like sacrifice upon sacrifice and, yeah and are paid with venezuelan pesos i'm bringing that one up <laughs> <laughs> what is this story <laughs> you want to share it uh you know what the uh i'll share a little bit of it you know <laughs> so a lot of people think that you know these travels i mean yes you've seen my bio you've seen i've been around the world and back again and I've managed to travel, you know, almost as like a diplomat of our country, representing. Mm-hmm. It's it's such an honor to go into these countries, Venezuela, um, Cameroon, uh, Cuba. I mean, Russia. I just came back from Russia before the, the lockdown. You travel as this like extremely, when you're in sport, you travel as an extremely important person because you need to do a job that's going to excel, not just that sport, but that country. Mm. So... <laughs> I'm trying to think of how much I should share here, but Venezuela is an inter- interesting place. I've been there a couple of times, uh, one for World Series boxing, which is no longer a thing, unfortunately. I really hope it comes back. Uh, that was a semi-pro kind of uh, crossover between amateur and uh, the, I guess, amateurs got paid. So I was out there for that, and I was out there for the Continental Continentals for, uh, I think it was 2015, leading into um, the Rio 2016 Olympics. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I told you. We only speak truth here. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. All, truth all, I, all I remember is that basically Venezuela pesos aren't worth anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So anyway, long story short, uh, you can walk around with a suitcase. Not a suitcase. I remember I got paid. So they were supposed to pay you in American dollars. That's, yeah. just, that's just like the way it's supposed to go. Okay. But I remember that we were basically going to be going home with suitcases of cash. Like That's one, motivating. Yes. I mean, I like it that. sounds like it looks like... Like us dollars but yeah. they're actually like the venezuelan peso i guess it's it's uh that's inflation at its like at its prime hmm. it, you know a million venezuelan pesos are probably worth like 20 dollars american yeah, so man. yeah no you get paid in different currencies that, that, that's basically why i was mentioning because like you get you can get paid in a full case full, full case of, of dollars but uh, or pesos and then it's worth nothing which and is, you can't even go to the weird thing about venezuela again i'm gonna try not to go off track too much but you can go to the store and it doesn't matter how much money you've got the, the shelves are empty. I mean, wow. we are living in a life of privilege here. And that's, yeah. again, to loop it back around to what we're talking about. You know, yes, we're volunteers. And I mean, in some cases, some of us are getting paid for what we do. But we have so much privilege here in North America. We have so much privilege here, right here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. We've got to do something with it bigger than just lining our pockets. Mm. Well, I, mean, I mean, we it is a little cold here, Jen. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's that much privilege, but... <laughs> Yeah, well, we got the heat off. We're, we're closed <laughs> down right now. We got exactly. we got locations that mean nothing but, right now because but I get it. But, <laughs> but I get yeah. it. I get it. Um, uh, so I what I what I I, I want to touch back on uh, on fight to end cancer because I think that's a great place to leave it. Um, uh, your fight to end cancer programs. There are a few programs out there that I see are similar. Obviously, I like you. I like your program more. So we're not going to talk about these other programs. <laughs> I think Jordan has his own. Uh, I, love, I love all these yeah, programs. I mean, Jordan, that's my brother. But you know, right now, right now, this is the Jennifer Huggins show. This ain't the United show. You know, but it know, is actually the United show. It is the United show. Though. We're not lying. <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't talk about both. No, no. Let's just talk about yeah, the program so, right now. So yeah. fight. So fight to end cancer. You know, um, uh, where are you with this? With during the during during COVID, particularly. 
Yeah, you, you know what? I think fighting cancer is a, a true definition of uh, pivoting, and I think that's probably what you guys are going through here with uh, with this. So I'm sitting here right now with you guys here at United. Yep. You know, we were defined as this main event. Uh, you know, we, nine years in, we're going on our tenth year where we take people who've never fought before, turn them into amateur boxers, and you know, give them all the skills and make sure that they're evenly matched up. All these things that we proud like pride ourselves on doing, we can't do, and I don't know when and if it'll happen this year. So we got to find other ways of raising funds because the, the goal of Fight Tan Cancer is not just get in the ring and, you know, show how great boxing is. It's to raise funds for cancer research. So we still have certain things, um, initiatives going on right now, community initiatives, where anyone can fight tan cancer with us. Uh, we've got a wine brand, the Founders Blend uh, by Vanny Estates that you can go to the LCBO. As soon as you buy a bottle, 10% goes directly into the Fight Tan Cancer. And, you know, it's basically directly benefiting the community. A bunch of different things along those lines that we're trying to work on right now. now and this is the time to do it. So we're actually going to use this downtime because I was usually too busy to do any of it to build other initiatives and build other relationships with people to help them bring them to our fight. And our goal is not just to get donations, but to actually join the fight into different things. So, you know, United, if we can do something together, that's kind of the, the goal go. right now. Let's yeah. do it. Uh, what, Let's do it. And, and tell me a little bit about more about this wine bottle. Is it available today? Yeah, or? yeah it's available today. You go to the, Apparently, it's essential to go to the liquor store still. <laughs> so, so essentially, go to the liquor store, go to the, um, go to the vintage area, the Ontario, it's an Ontario wine. And if you go into uh, look for Vienna Estates, it's a va- Founders Blend. There's a beautiful story. It's actually right on the bottle of, as to why they donate their funds to fight tan cancer. Our logo's on there. It's it's legit. It's awesome. awesome. And 10% yeah. immediately, you guys are raising money for fight tan cancer. You got that wow. v- Vienna Estates. You Vienna, guys got yeah, that? Vienna Estates. Vienna I like States. I like the way that sounds. Let's do it. I Ch- like check that. them out on Instagram too yep. while you're at it. You probably <laughs> even do some drop-offs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can do you can order cases. You can. I mean, we can <laughs> just it. sell them right today. here. Yeah, we just sell them right here. <laughs> oh my God, selling liquor out of out, out of the boxing, boxing club <laughs> yeah that might be prohibition pro- I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. Jen did it all Jen yeah, skate she, she could probably sell the liquor and skate and, <laughs> I skate and do a magic door. show exactly. at it and do um, a magic show just clear that wine before we leave off I want to get a, uh, uh, I want to get some interesting questions I want to do some rapid fire all right. ready? Yeah, are you yeah, ready okay I'm ready I'm ready <laughs> all right um, what is your favorite book Oh my god! Uh, oh, book! I don't read very much. This is like, oh, this is not gonna be rapid fire. A podcast? <laughs> favorite podcast? Favorite podcast? Or United, favorite? right here. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, mine uh, too. Uh, next travel destination. Once you get cleared. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere, man, anywhere. Uh, okay, favorite boxer. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I love Tyson in his prime. Like okay. that guy defeated all all other. But, but uh, hold on, yeah. favorite current boxer. Favorite current. Current boxer, boxer at this very moment. I love Loma still. I'm sorry, I love Loma. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, good, good. good. Uh, while we're on boxing, uh, Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Uh, Anthony Joshua. Oh. Uh, okay. Favorite meal? Uh, anything without peanuts. I'm deathly allergic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite movie? Uh, City of God. City of God. I don't know if you guys know that oh, one. Oh, no, Brazil. It Brazil. Bra- yeah, yeah, in Brazil. The favelas. Yeah, turned, that turned my mind around. Actually, probably why I do what I do. Very interesting. Well, check it out, guys, um, on Netflix. <laughs> um, most useful boxing drill. Drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I or would. Favorite. S- uh, my favorite boxing drill would be repetition, repetition, repetition of doing uh, usually footwork related drills. So just like a pylon drill, you know, st- set that pylon down, move mm. around that pylon until you're dizzy, move in different directions, and making sure you're consistently doing the same thing because that would be how you make sure you can do it at any time. Worst case scenarios. Nice. So pylon, pylon drills, drills yeah. and doing it repetition. Um, 
your best pump up song or walkout song once you go pro because that's happening <laughs> so i used to get when i thought i was gonna go pro i used yeah. to work out relentlessly to roy jones to the uh, what was it uh take him to the body oh, uh, nice, yeah nice, i can't nice. remember what yeah, he actually yeah, yeah. called that i just had it on Un- a cd undisputed i think it was I undisputed yeah. i believe it was that but roy jones whatever that was i had it on a cd that's why i can't remember it now but i'm gonna have to put that on my spotify okay, list okay nice sorry nice, Roy. Nice. no disrespect all the disrespect that song was horrible <laughs> it was so great it pumped me up you know which one i'm talking about yes and of course most most um most inspirational person you currently follow right now inspirational person i currently follow i would say i'm gonna keep it uh, i'm gonna keep it local let's go with mandy Bujo. this girl is oh, on great. fire yeah we're actually gonna, that's a good way because we're actually gonna lead on to a podcast with her next. all right so welcome mandy there you go there you go um well that's that's what i think i, I think we're, we're pretty we're pretty drawn up you guys yeah. support the liquor store support the liquor store exactly that's right if you, you choose you to go to the liquor store now you have a very good uh good option there uh, oh, that's good stuff <laughs> um and yeah where, where, where can uh, the viewers and listeners find you um and what you're doing next what's the best platform best platform is probably instagram i've yep. got at jen huggins j-e-n-h-u-g-g-i-n-s and and uh, you can follow all the other ones uh, directly through there. Okay. Amazing. You guys nice. rock. Thank you Jen, guys for having me. Jen, thanks for coming. Yeah, we more than appreciate coming. it. Yeah. Like, as I said before, when we started this, we couldn't imagine having a pilot a start without having you here. Nice. So we are blessed with your presence. Aww. Thank yeah. you guys for letting me. Thank this is, so this is cool. This is so, so cool. Much, Something yeah. outside of like sitting inside my apartment doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. You're all very right. welcome. And thank you again for showing up. Till next time. Awesome. Next time. Let's do it. Awesome, guys. How long was that?